0: give you praise and honor and glory. We just thank you for this day, this time, bringing us together for Bible study, Lord. We thank you for those who are here, those that are on their way, those who couldn't make it or are traveling around, Lord, or celebrating Sophia's birthday. Uh, we just thank you, Lord, for them you know, watch watch over them, Lord. But for us, open our eyes to see, our ears to hear, and our heart to receive what it is that you have for us, Lord. In this, we give you thanks, praise, and glory, and honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, a couple things. One thing is uh, after this, we won't have Wednesday Bible study till July 7th. And then when we do, it'll be Daniel, the book of Daniel. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be really good because there's a lot of stuff that dovetails into what we've been talking about here with Ezekiel that's going to be in Daniel as well. And so uh, so that should work out pretty good. So I just want to kind of loosely finish up Ezekiel. There's you know, quite a few chapters here, about 10, 12 chapters, but it's basically not stuff we have to really read through. I, I can tell you what's going on, but some of it we are going to read. So let's pick it up where we left off last week Ezekiel 38. And this was talking about, you know, the war of those that were coming down from the north, and we kind of identified that as coming up from the lands of the Russian area. They're going to be coming down and then. Uh, land of Magog and Tubal and all that—the the Old Testament names for these these countries—and then there's Gog. Gog is the leader. Gog is could be a representation of an Antichrist. It could also be a play on words. There were a couple of evil leaders around that time, and uh, one's name was Gugugugu, and the other one, his name was. Um, Mm -hmm. almost like Gaga, like Lady Gaga Gaga, Mm -hmm. and so they don't know if Gog is maybe a play on words, that the first readers would say, okay, he's referencing those evil leaders you know, not necessarily that it's them but somebody that's evil like them, so uh, so we're talking about judgment and so Ezekiel 38 17, I read it 23 Thus says the Lord God, Are you the one whom I spoke in former days to my servants, the prophets of Israel, who prophesied in those days for many years that I would bring you against them? And it will come about on that day when God comes against the land of Israel, declares the Lord, that my fury will will mount up in anger. And my zeal and my blazing wrath I declare... That on that day, there will surely be a great earthquake in the land of Israel. And also in Revelation, it talks about an earthquake. I, I'm not sure if it's referenced in Daniel or not, but we'll get to that when we get to it. But it talks about an, an earthquake and uh, in the in the land there. Just think about that for a second, and then let's finish this. It says, "In the fish of the sea, the birds of the heaven, the beasts of the field, all the creeping things that creep on the earth... And all the men who are on the face of the earth will shake at my presence. The mountains will also be thrown down, and Mm -hmm. steep pathways will collapse. Every wall will fall to the ground, and I shall call for a sword against him. On all my mountains, Mm -hmm. declares the Lord God, every man's sword will be against his brother. And with pestilence, with blood, I shall enter into judgment with him. And I shall rain on him, and on his troops, and on the many peoples." you are with him, a torrential rain with hailstones, fire, brimstone. Think about that for a second. Mm -hmm. Verse 23 And I shall magnify myself, sanctify myself and make myself known in the sight of many nations will know that I am the Lord. Who's forcing the action? God. God's in control. He says, I'm going to do this. I'm going to. I'm going to. I'm going to. So it's going to be one of those things when it comes to pass, and here most likely a reference to Armageddon, most likely a reference to the you know the, for the final war that you know yeah, you will know that this is god god is is uh is doing something, especially since we have all this literature and stuff that points towards all of this. but the point here is that it is God who is doing it for his name, sanctifying himself you know before the people that they will know. He is the Lord thy God. Now, I said something about earthquakes. We all like earthquakes,
1: right?
0: Juicy loves them. You, Juicy loves earthquakes. <laughs> okay. Well, I've got an earthquake for Juicy here. <laughs> 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 so, is that an actual earthquake? Actual like earthquake. Just, uh, okay. Like a rumbling? Well, 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 here's the deal. Good point. Because sometimes when you're reading literature it can be an earthquake could be a metaphor yes. the ground is shaking from the violence of the roar mm-hmm. but there's another scripture that says there will be a, an earthquake at that time going through the, the, the middle of Israel mm-hmm. okay now that land is not' uh, it's not like Southern California there's not a lot of faults over there except about 20 years ago they found a fault. this is Israel? that runs right through the middle of Israel. Surprise. All that red is the fault. Now, (laughs) you can say, well, that's the outskirts. This is Lebanon. But if you look at an old map of what was really given to them uh, back in the days of (laughs) Joshua, they occupied all this land over here, which is present-day Jordan over here, too. There, There was three, four tribes were over in here. So technically... That's the middle of what would be classical uh, uh, Israel, and then notice it says high, high risk, risk zone right in the middle, and it goes right through the whole whole country. So, if you're looking for mm-hmm. a sign, that may be it, mm-hmm. you know. But it could be, you know, as you say, it's you know, you know, the ground is going to shake. It's going to be an earth shaking. Whatever it is, is going to be bad. Right? Could
2: be the artillery
0: going off. Artillery going off. Speaking of artillery, verse 22 With pestilence, with blood, I shall enter into judgment with him. I shall rain on him, on his troops, and on the many peoples who are with him a torrential rain with hailstones, fire, and brimstone. What does it sound like? War. Huh? War war yeah, yeah it's, 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 it's he's, he's seen a vision of something he doesn't understand and so how's he going to describe it pestilence hail, fire, brimstone because what does what look like and we know today that's what the wars are going to look like it's going to yeah. look just like that Iraq when
2: they went in there. It, yeah. yeah. You know, it went just
0: crazy. And to his point uh, when the, about when, when Desert Storm, they called it what? Shock and awe.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Earthquake. Yeah. Shock and awe. You know, this yeah, yeah. was going off. So uh, again, the point here is there is this physical evidence <laughs> right, of a yeah. serious fault right down the middle of classical Israel. You have this uh, thing here with the uh, that could be you know torrential rain because notice look at you've got torrential rain Mm -hmm. with hailstones now that's cold Mm -hmm. but then you've got fire and brimstone Mm -hmm. that's hot so he's trying to describe something that's coming down out of heaven with his limited understanding so thoughts questions I'm going to come back. I've got something else to show you later. Uh, so, yeah, quite possibly, because you, you even have the same sort of language in the book of Revelation. Same sort of language. You know, you can you can just see this. That's why, you know, when, when you talk about the war to end all wars, when you think of the capability that we have now, mm-hmm. that kind of war, yeah, would be the war because mm-hmm. Scripture says... If Christ doesn't come back, we will totally annihilate ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. And so we know we're capable of doing that right now. So, you know, again, things are fitting into the scope. Doesn't mean it's going to happen tomorrow. Could be 100 years from now, 200 years, 500, we don't know. But the point is, we can see better with the technology and stuff that we have today than what he was understanding when he was given the vision. And so that's why sometimes these things are a little difficult, because he's hampered by what he can describe, and he he doesn't understand it. Mm-hmm. It's just like when we, I said when when we did the Revelation according to John, John didn't understand what he was seeing. You know, he was being shown to something, and he says write it, write this down. But he doesn't fully understand what he's seeing. He knows what's going to play out, but he doesn't really understand. I mean, there's a there's some verses in there that you could. You could make a, 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 a an easy claim that this is an, is an Apache attack helicopter. Yeah. You know the locust the thing and the you know it's it <laughs> just it's like a perfect scenario for that. So. What uh,
2: was well, well, like Larry Jamasalam more? I always thought firing brimstone was the the, the nuclear you know and in, in John the mm-hmm. revelation. But if no one's going to go in, Israel if they're if they're launching you know nuclear weapons, you're going mm-hmm. you're going to stay away. From all that radiation. Mm. That's another thing you have to consider. Is that, you know, I always thought, maybe that fire on the, bam, mm. what, mm. one, But I don't think anybody's going to go in afterwards. You aren't being like that.
0: Yeah, that's true. That's true.
2: Okay. It's hard, like you said, trying to figure out what they're thinking. And we're not trying to
1: figure it out. Everyone yeah, you understand. know, you can't... It's
0: you 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 can read into it mm-hmm. what it's saying, but again it, it's going to be limited by 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 how he can describe it and so we try and understand it mm-hmm. by how he's describing it and we try and fit the pieces together uh by what we know is historical data and, and things like that we can say okay this 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 all lines up and this is what he was talking about this is Magog and this is Tubal and this is Put this is Cush this is you know those kind of things so uh, verse 39 chapter 39 goes on to a little more of this it says verse 1 and you son of man prophesy against Gog speak against the leader of this and say this says the Lord God behold I am against you O Gog prince of Rosh, Misha, and Tubal means, in other words, he was the leader of this confederacy. And I shall turn you around, drive you on, take you up from the remotest parts of the north, bring you against the mountains of Israel, and I shall strike your bow, your bow, from your left hand and dash down your arrows from your right hand. You shall fall on the mountain tops of Israel, you and all your troops and the people who are with you. I shall give you as food for every kind of predatory bird and beast of the field. And you will fall on the open field, for it is I who have spoken, declares the Lord. And I shall send fire upon Magog and those who inhabit the coastlands in safety, and they will know that I am the Lord. Again, fire, what is he talking about? Verse 7, In my holy name I shall make known in the midst of my people Israel. I shall not let my holy name be profaned anymore, and the nations will know that I am the Lord, the Holy One of Israel. Uh, Hold right there for a second. You know, when he says my name profaned, you know, it's kind of like think of Israel, you say, okay, we're God's chosen people, we're this and that, and then they don't have a homeland. You know, and then they're mocked by people, as well, where is your God? How are you the chosen people? You don't even have a a homeland, you know. So for two thousand years, and and uh, uh, so when he says stuff like that, it's it's like they say, well, you know, where's your where's your God? Your God isn't doing anything, you know, and so he's going to respond to that. Uh, verse eight: Behold, it is coming, and it shall be done, declares the Lord God. That is the day of which I have spoken. Then those who inhabit the cities of Israel will go out and make fires. With the weapons and burned them, both shields and bucklers, bows, arrows, war clubs, spears, for seven years they will make fires of them, and they will not take wood from the field or gather firewood from the forest, for they will make fires from the weapons, and they will take the spoil of those who despoiled them and seize the plunder of those who plundered them, declares the Lord, and it will come about on that day And I shall give Gog a burial ground in Israel, the valley. And that's the valley of Megiddo. Mm. You know, that's that's where we get the term, you know, Armageddon. And there's mountains on one side. And it's like if you're coming from the north, you come up over those mountains. And what's described here is before they even hit the valley, they're going to be wiped out. You know, but that's where the war takes place. Verse 11. And it will come about in that day that I shall give Gog a burial ground there in Israel. The valley of those who pass by east the sea east of the sea that's it's right inland from the sea uh, and then it will block off the passers by so that they will bury God there mm-hmm. with all his multitude and they will call it the valley of Harmon God which means the multitude of God um, verse 12 for seven months the house of Israel will bury them
1: mm-hmm.
0: there's a whole lot of people a whole lot of stuff, for seven months um, in order to cleanse the land. Even all the people of the land will bury them, and it will be to their renown on the day that I glorify myself, declares the Lord, and they will set apart men who will constantly pass through the land and bury those who were passing through, even those left on the surface of the ground, in order to cleanse it. At the end of seven months they will make a search and those who pass through the land pass through anyone who sees a man's bones. They will set up a marker and until the berries are buried. In other words, they're gonna be going by and sweeping the land, making sure everyone's buried. This is gonna be going on for seven months and you know in other words, cleaning up the mess of that war is gonna be going on. And so we don't have any um Historical record of any war in that area of this magnitude, so obviously this is future tense, you know. But it also correlates to things that are in Revelation, things that are in Daniel. We get into in July, you know. Uh, uh, it references that stuff. Uh, let's see. Thoughts, questions about any of that? drop down to twenty-two verse 22 and the house of Israel will know that I am the Lord their God from that day onward and the nations will know that the house of Israel went into exile for their iniquity, because they acted treacherously against me I hid my face from them so I gave them into the hand of their adversaries and all of them fell by the sword according to their uncleanliness and according to their transgressions I dealt with them and I hid my face from them Thus therefore says the Lord God now I shall restore the fortunes of Jacob and shall have mercy on the whole house of Israel. I shall be jealous for my holy name and they shall forget their disgrace and all their treachery which they perpetrated against me when they live securely in their own land and with no one who makes them afraid. So there's going to be a time when they're going to live securely in that land. We know that's going to be the end time. Because um, we're told to pray for the peace of Jerusalem, you know, and we've never seen peace in that area. Um, 27. When I bring them back from the peoples and gather them from the lands of their enemies, then I shall be sanctified through them in the sight of many nations. Then they will know that I am the Lord their God, because I made them go into exile among the nations. Then gather them again to their own land, and I will leave none of them there any longer and I will not hide my face from them any longer for I shall have poured out my spirit on the house of Israel declares the Lord God. Now we live in an interesting time because we know from 1948 going forward they've been back on the land. Actually they started coming back in the late 1800s but that's when they became a nation again. So biblically it sounds like This is the time frame where he says, I'm going to be bringing them back, but how long between now and this, we have no idea. This could just be the, we could be in the very early stages of something that could happen two, three hundred years from now. We don't know, right? But but the point is that for 2,000 years, they were off the land. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, they came back, you know, and uh, I think it's Isaiah says, who's heard of such a thing, a nation being born in one day? Well, that's what happened on May 18th, 1948, well one day they became a nation. Because they, they, were, they were trying to negotiate uh, and, and, and get uh, recognition, and things weren't happening in the United Nations and stuff like that. And so finally they just said, forget it, they raised the flag. And on that day, there's you can, you can look it up. I actually did this. I went and looked it up on microfilm. I think I went to, um, <laughs> it shows you how long ago I did it, microfilm. Uh, Cal State Long Beach. You could get newspaper reports, and you'd have to find the day and the month, and then you'd have to scan these little things. And, you know, it was uh, 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 reports of what happened in that day and in, in that time and, and all that stuff. And... You know, when they when they raised the flag on that day, then the Arabs around them declared war on them. Okay, well they they declared themselves a nation, but they didn't have an army. They were basically settlers on the land. They were they were herders. They were they were farmers. They had one. I think it was 40 millimeter cannon, and they literally there's accounts of this in the paper. They literally shot that cannon. They would shoot it here. They would drag it over someplace else, shoot it over there, drag it over there, and shoot it someplace. Then they would have the women and children beat on pots and pans and make noises. And while the men were shooting rifles and stuff, and you know, there's a scripture that says, and your enemy will drop their weapons and run, run in fear. That's exactly what happened. They were hearing whatever the, the Arabs were hearing. It caused them to drop their weapons and run in fear.
1: Kind of like Gideon. Huh? Kind of like Gideon and his... Yeah,
0: yes, exactly, yeah. And, and, you know, again, so, you know, this is the way they started after 2,000 years. So, you know, you can make strong case for God's doing something there in this land. And so I think for them, their struggle is, just to get off this for a second, is that... Their danger for Israel is becoming a secular country, rather than a theocracy, God governed. They want to turn it back to being more God governed, but right now it's a secular government. So, I think that will take place, you know, sometime. So, I want to read something to you from Revelation. You can hold your place there. Revelation, on your outline it says Revelation twenty. It's Revelation nineteen. So scratch twenty off and put nineteen verses eleven to twenty one. So this is Revelation and you know, this is talking about the beast and the you know the Antichrist and all this other stuff. But this is talking about the second coming of Christ and it's talking about the final war. Chapter nineteen of Revelation, verse eleven. It says, And I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. And he who sat upon it is called faithful and true, and in righteousness he judges and wages war. His eyes are a flame of fire, and upon his hand are many diadems, that's just like diamonds and stuff on a crown. And he has a name written upon him which no one knows except himself. He is clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which are in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, were following him on white horses. And from his mouth comes a sharp sword, so that with it he may smite the nations, and he will rule them with a rod of iron, and he treads the winepress of the fierce wrath of God the Almighty. And his robe, on his robe and on his thigh... He has a name written, King of kings, Lord of lords. Now we know who this is, right? Verse 17. And I saw an angel standing in the sun and cried out with a loud voice, saying, To all the birds which fly in mid heaven, come, assemble for a great supper of God, in order that you may eat the flesh of the kings of the flesh, and commanders and flesh of the mighty men, and the flesh of the horses and those who sit on them, and the flesh of all men, both free men and slaves, small and great, and it saw a beast and the kings of the earth and their armies assembled to make war against him, who sat upon the horse against his army. And the beast was seized, and with him the false prophet, who performed the signs. Yeah, yada yada. And the point I want to make here is that that little bit there about, you know, about the birds of prey coming and eating the flesh is just like what we just read in Ezekiel. You know, same sort of deal and so you can go back to Ezekiel and so the point with this is is that you know our information of end time events and different things is not all in one place you get it from different different aspects and different things and sometimes it's like a puzzle and you begin to put the pieces together and you say this fits here no that doesn't fit here there's this there's that and so over the course of history since the Bible has been read very few generations have been able to put most of those pieces together. We could put pretty much all those pieces together. You know, so that's, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's it's kind of exciting. It's also kind of, you know, ooh.
3: Uh,
0: so, thoughts, questions on any of that? Because that's basically ends the part about judgment. From chapter 37 to 39, it's, it's just all about the judgment that's going to come down on these nations, and chapter seven thirty-seven says one thing, then thirty-eight says something else, then thirty-nine says something else. But you put it all together. It's like when you read Revelation. It's not talking about three separate wars. It's three different descriptions of the same war. Okay, so it's kind of like layering. It's telling you, I'm going to tell you this, I'm going to tell you this, and I'm going to tell you this. Okay. So, lots questions on any of that okay, judgment now the rest of it is about the restoration of Israel and the restoration and building of the temple okay so what do I want to say about that I don't want to read a lot of this because this, if you suffer from insomnia start reading from chapter 40 <laughs> before you get to 43 you'll be out like a light. And if you get to forty three, keep reading the next night and you'll you'll be out like a light. Because it's basically saying build it twenty cubits by eighty cubits by forty cubits and the outer court will be you know, eighty cubits of round stone and twenty nine cubits of this and that. And by the way, you know how you know <laughs> how much is a cubit?
2: How much is a cubit? With times five times, I mean, huh? yeah. with t- oh, cubic, cubic, uh, cubic uh, Cubic. foot and a half, isn't it?
0: 18, uh, 18 inches. 18, 18, the 18 form. inches, the forearm. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, 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 18 inches. So when it says cubit this, cubit that, yeah, it's talking about, yeah, uh, forearm, yeah. Well, that's, so the, that, that's yeah, how much yeah, a they, cubit they is.
2: describing how Moses, I mean, uh, Noah, Noah, was measuring. Yeah, yeah, exactly,
0: exactly. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, so basically what it's talking about, it's not any different then like when you read in Leviticus or you read parts of Numbers where it's talking about building this, the uh, uh, the tabernacle the sanctuary and you will build it of a rod of iron and you will make it 40 feet by this and, you will have, and then you will bring it to Moses and Moses will say yes and then you'll go do this and you go do that but the takeaway is God is very precise when he's building something and so for us It's like as we build the church, you know, we should be very precise in what God has said, because He's given us, yeah, He's given us the measurements, and so that's why you know I I labor these these points, especially you know the the New Testament. That's why we have the New Testament, because it's showing us how the church is supposed to operate, what we're supposed to do, who we're supposed to be, what we should be preaching, and all that other stuff. And it's very very. Precise. So just to give you a, a, an inkling of what's going on, I'm just going to read the beginning part of chapter 40 of Ezekiel. It says, in the 25th year of our exile, and I remember they were in exile for 70 years, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so 25 years in, at the beginning of the year, on the 10th of the month, on the 14th year after the city was taken, on that day. See, when you break all that stuff down, huh? they can they, they can pinpoint. You know, you and I, we get a headache trying to figure out what it is. But we, we can figure out the dates on this. Um, it says, The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me there. Verse 2. In the visions of God, he brought me into the land of Israel, and set me on a very high mountain. And on it, to the south, there was a structure like a city. So he brought me there. And behold, There was a man whose appearance was like the appearance of bronze with a line of flax and a measuring rod in his hand, and he was standing in the gateway. And the man said to me, Son of man, see with your eyes, hear with your ears, and give attention to all that I am going to show you, for you have been brought here in order to to show it to you. Declare to the house of Israel all that you will see." And then it goes into all that you're going to see. In other words, there was going to be a time where he was going to be talking to people and he says, God is going to restore you back and we're going to rebuild this temple and the temple is going to be there and it's going to be... uh, uh, uh." Because if you're going to be on the land and this is the land that God gave you, what's the most important thing to build first? The temple. So the story of Ezra and Nehemiah is the story of when they did this. Because Ezra is a priest and he's one of the first ones that goes back to Jerusalem and one of the first, he's digging through the rubble of the the temples destroyed, he's digging Mm -hmm. through the rubble and he finds a copy of scripture. And so he now begins the public reading of scripture. Now these are people that for 70 years haven't had scripture. They've just had oral tradition, oral language. Now he's got the scrolls out and he's reading it, and now the people are getting this, this, this zeal. You know, they 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 they're they're hearing the word of God, and then now you know they're getting excited. And then, then you have Nehemiah. By the way, in Hebrew, Ezra and Nehemiah are one scroll. They're not broken into two. It's one long scroll. Then Nehemiah is all about the actual rebuilding of the walls mm-hmm. of the city in preparation to restore the temple. And that's that's where the Old Testament ends. So these verses, all the way down to uh, to chapter to the to the end of the chapter, uh, are basically just instruction on how to build the temple. That's why I'm not going to read through all of this because you what, know, obviously,
1: question. yeah. One question: uh, what, what is the actual measurement of, of the, the rod? It refers to one rod in a in breath. Oh, you
0: know what those actually are? I can't. I can't give you the um, actual deals per se. But what I can give you is a visual, because I knew you were going to ask this question.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: this is the Temple Mount area mm-hmm. here. This is the Dome of the Rock. Mm-hmm. That is not Jewish. That's Muslim. That's where they say that Muhammad ascended to heaven. Mm-hmm. He didn't return. He just says, where they said. That's that's the holy shrine there. That's why this area is 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 controlled by the uh, uh, um, is controlled by the uh, uh, the Muslims because this is actual functioning in here. Now, this here. It's basically the area where the temple was at. Uh, over here is the western wall. Mm-hmm. In this area over here where it was part of Solomon's temple. But when you're asking how big, this is a gate right here. And this is the gate called Beautiful. And this used to be the main gate into, into the temple. So basically when they look at it archaeological wise the temple area is from about, as soon as you walked in, the temple started to about right here and then extended to about over in here right there. That's about how big the temple was and this was just open area and lands uh, but the, the thing here is this is boarded up but this is the gate that Jesus would walk through. Mm. This is the gate you would walk through, and it says that through this gate you would walk straight into the Holy of Holies, and they believe that this little thing, you can't see it right here, is a marker of where the Holy of Holies was, which would would, would be bigger than that. But um, the temple area is not huge. It's maybe... A little bigger than a football stadium, something like that. but see all they did there, the only thing they did in there, they did they did prayers and they, they lit the candles, the incense during prayer time and then they did the sacrifices. And so when you walked in right here, you were carrying the lamb or whatever you had, right here was the altar and they would uh, uh, slay the lamb right there pour its blood out and then you would take it and then you would walk through and then you would walk out one of the other gates this way so it was just a line of procession you were coming in it was all orchestrated really well you didn't, you didn't come in here and, and have service this is where during the week uh, some of this was built up higher and during the week you could come and, and look down and see what was going on like the women's court was over here they could look down and see what was going on but some of this was the housing area for the priests back in the day. But the actual temple area was right in there. And it was boarded up during the Ottoman Empire. Uh, and so um, that's about how big it is. That's, that's, that's Jerusalem there. Uh, but it's also underground. There's a lot of stuff underground. But you know what all this is? Is that the burial ground? Or or like? Burial ground. Now, why would they put a burial ground? And notice the burial ground goes all the way up to the gate. Why would they put a burial ground in front of a temple wall?
2: So I'm not crossing over the dead? or?
0: Well, the Muslims are the ones who did it. And they boarded this up And then they turned this into a graveyard. And the reason is. Because scripture says. A Levitical priest cannot go to a graveyard. Cannot go. The Levitical priest cannot go to a graveyard. Because of the uncleanliness. Mm -hmm. Like what we were reading about. They had to cleanse the land. For seven months. The land had to be purified. So you couldn't go around then. So. They realize that Messiah, when Messiah returns according to scripture, he's going to walk through this gate. And so they say, okay, well, who's Messiah? Lord of Lords, King of Kings, but he's also their high priest. So they're thinking, we'll stop it. He can't cross it if he's a priest because we have a burial ground there. problem with that is he's not a Levite; he's a lion of the tribe of Judah. Mm-hmm. He's not bound by that. I don't
1: know
0: about you, but that—that's what they were thinking of. Um, the so, problem. but 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 the, but the whole point is they try and disavow what the Bible says, but yet they prepare for what the Bible yeah. says.
1: Mm-hmm. That uh, mosque uh, doesn't. Have to be destroyed from what we were saying. Yes, have to be destroyed
0: in order to build a new temple. No, because in in I think it's in, in, in Revelation. I should have looked it up. Um, in Revelation, where it's talking about building the other temple. But by the way, this is talking about the temple that Jesus went through.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What we're talking about is an time, end time uh, temple. And what it says, there's some similar language and it says and it says measure the temple area, but do not disturb the buildings of the Gentiles. Mm-hmm. Gentiles means others. Mm-hmm. So I mean you think about it, if this is Muslim holy ground and they want to rebuild that temple, they're not gonna tear this up because that that would just mm-hmm. everything would go nuts at that point. So scripture says, do not mess with the the buildings of the Gentiles. So they can build it right here, right there, where the traditional
1: Mm -hmm. temple was. All the Muslims will still have their hair on fire. Yeah, yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and so... um, And so, like I say, today they've already... I got another picture. That's just a close-up picture of what we were looking at. These are... You can't really tell that those are grave markers but that's the gate there
2: is that the eye of the needle huh is that the eye of in, the in a sense
0: yeah yeah okay yeah I remember that now I tell you about the eye of the needle harder for because when you were from a distance you know you generally didn't have two like this you would have one like this and if this was open at nighttime And you were, from a distance, you would see the light on the inside. And from a distance, that looks like the eye of a needle. And then they would drop down another little uh, uh, wall so that it was even smaller here, so that an army couldn't ride through in the middle of night. But if a caravan was coming, they could still come in. So they said it's harder for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven than it is for a camel to go through the eye of a needle. And you think, well, a camel can't go through an eye of a needle, but a camel could go through the eye of this needle if you took everything off of it, Mm -hmm. and it had to get down on its knees, and they had to drag it through. In other words, it's like the rich man has to do what?
1: Get get rid of all the
0: stuff, humble itself before God. Mm -hmm. So that's what that is. So yeah, eye of the needle. Mm.
3: Yes. I don't think this is related, but um, so many Old churches throughout the world, mm-hmm. uh, Catholics and others, have the cemeteries right on the same. Do you know, is that, um, was that done after, or is there any correlation as to the time?
0: No. A lot of churches did that back in that in those days because they had the property mm-hmm. to do it, and they had the area to do it. Mm-hmm. And then uh, it started in the Middle Ages, and part of it was in the in the Catholic Church, for example, you know, you have all those sacraments that you have to do. You know, you have to have, you know, you have to be uh, uh, baby baptism, then you have to have First Communion, then you have to have confirmation, then you have to be married in the church, and then you have to be uh, have last rites. Well, all those things were designed to bring people back into the building because people weren't coming to church in the Middle Ages mm-hmm. so they came up with these things that you have to have done so I mean think about it okay you got to bring them as a baby because you have
3: to pay for each other you, yeah, yeah. Huh. Huh? you have to pay for each
0: yeah you had to pay for that yeah. and you were, and you were part of that so it was a way of sustaining the church during the Middle Ages mm-hmm. so you know with the Reformation and, and Christian churches today we just have two which are what? Baptism, and communion, the Lord's supper; those are the two ordinances of the, of the church. So, going back to your question, that yeah, usually because you wanted to, if you had a burial site that was close to the uh, um, to the church, the idea was that those that were buried were closer to God mm-hmm. rather than buried on Boot Hill, <laughs> right? Or you know, because a lot of times, especially here, you were you were you were buried on the farm, yeah. right? You had your own little, and then later mm-hmm. on, they started mm-hmm. legislating and said, no, you can't do that. You gotta, yeah, you yada. You I mean, when you go, to, I was, we were in Boston, and there's old churches in Boston, right there on a busy, and they, they they've got the grave things in there. You know, you read them from you know, 1642 mm-hmm. and. All this stuff, you know, the, the grave markers are still there. And so, but yeah, no, that's... This This was just them reading scripture and thought they were going to be smart even though they, they didn't believe
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the God yeah, of the Jews
0: reading, yeah. was going to come back. But just in case, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: And do you know the date of when the month religion
0: came to you know, be? Around... Muhammad was born in, I want to say 505, so I'll say 505, I could be wrong, but he was born in the early 500s, and Islam started more after his death, around 1550, that's when it, when it came up. So, going back to this here. This was built uh, in about the year 1300. This was built 13 BC. This was built roughly in the year 29 BC. No, this, this is AD. This was built 29 BC. So when they say this is their land how could it be their land right. when you built your building yeah. on top of what would have been built <coughs> how many thousands of years before? Yeah. Yeah. See, I mean, it's just evidence like this. You can you can shoot holes through what these people say if you just look at it. Like, well, wait a minute. You did that in 1300. This has been here. The wedding wall goes back to the time of Solomon. And uh, when I
2: was in Saturday Arabia my license in 1978, had 1497. 1497. It was the date they put on their yeah. That it was their calendar year. I don't know how exact they were, like to say exact, mm-hmm. but that was the year they they would they, in, in 19 1978. Uh, it was 1497. Yeah, yeah. that's. It. I was, you know, I, <laughs> hey, I'm, I grew old. Went <laughs> back in <of> time. <laughs> yeah,
0: but this is the center of the earth this is what they're all squabbling about this is what they're all fighting about Mm -hmm. but like I told you before just look up Temple Mount Society and you'll see where they've got all the implements everything to go into the temple Mm -hmm. they're just waiting for the okay to build the temple and they're not there yet but you know um, what they did was I don't know how many years ago I think it was 10 years ago when they started swapping land they gave them Jericho Jericho and then they gave up the Gaza Strip you know okay, we're we're bartering here at some point when this becomes more of a religious government I can easily see them saying okay we'll give you such and such but just let us build our temple Mm -hmm. because the orthodox rabbis want to build it the orthodox and the black hats and Mm -hmm. those guys they're the ones that want to rebuild it and so they're all ready to do it it's just a matter. So then, if they get the okay to build it, uh, who knows how long it takes to build it? And these days, hmm. couldn't take that long. Prevent. So now you've got the final piece. That's the final piece because that's the temple that the Antichrist goes into, pros- proclaims himself to be king, that brings about the three and a half years of destruction, which we're going to get into in in Daniel about the 70 weeks, the the, the the prophecy of the 70 weeks and stuff like that. It all has to do with the rebuilding of that temple in the in the Antichrist. But anyway, the, once that's built, then that's all in place. But again, it doesn't mean the Antichrist shows up the next day. It could still be hundreds of years. But that's, that's the remaining piece to that particular puzzle. But right now, it's too unset, unsettled and... I think I tell you they places I'm not sure, I've never been there but it's, it's over here or wherever you actually can come up to this area uh, they don't let Jewish people come up here they have Jewish uh, uh, security down there that doesn't let anyone that's Jewish come up there and the reason is you don't want to walk up here because technically the only ones that were supposed to be up there were Levites so they don't want to violate that particular law and uh, so this goes back to the time of uh, right after David, mm-hmm. Solomon built it.
2: Mm-hmm. So, you were saying there's a, a uh, what two times a year when the uh, Jewish people are allowed or the priests are allowed in a certain part of that area?
0: Uh, yeah, the holy days during the high holy days, are, they're allowed to do a few things, but it's, uh, it's not a mass big celebration, mm-hmm. though they're allowed to do some. Some smaller things uh, they'll demonstrate, but you know it's it's not like a, a place where you can get a lot of people in right now anyway, because they planted all those trees and put that stuff there, and, and there's no way easy way up in there. And so actually, all this stuff once upon a time was a lot lower. There's actually steps that lead up here. This was actually up higher. They fi- they filled all this in with dirt. I don't know if you can see it, but it slopes down here. Mm-hmm. The western wall over here in, uh, was uncovered in, uh, during the Six Day War in mm-hmm. 67. It, it was a trash area, they had dumped their trash. This was filled all the way up to here with, with garbage and trash.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. And then when they started cleaning something up, all of a sudden they realized that wall was different and they started the uh, excavation of it and they cleared everything out and they realized that was from Solomon's wall and then that's when it turned into the, the shrine, the western wall with the, they call it the Wailing Wall and so, um, that's pretty much all I have in, on this, I mean it's just talking about end time stuff there but again the whole thing with Ezekiel it's the calling of Ezekiel it's he's given reasons why he He's what God is going to judge the people. And then it explains what the judgment is going to be. And then it says, and then there's going to be restoration. Right? So some of the restoration is them coming back into the land uh, 500 years before Christ. Some of it has to do with end time events. So.
2: Well, are the apostles reading these scriptures. Are they seeking the apostles are they reading oh yeah, yeah. so they, they know mm-hmm. and so they're getting an idea themselves or mm-hmm. it's embedded in themselves too
0: yep yeah and um that's why the the problem with when Jesus came why he was so upset with the Pharisees is because the Pharisees knew scripture
1: mm-hmm.
0: and they should have been the first ones to identify but because they were more of a political group, because now it was more about them than it was about Scripture. It was about their position and wanting to be seen. They dressed differently than the other people and all that stuff. That's why Jesus called them hip- hypocrites all the time, because when they started 400 years before, they were a very devout group. And so even the Sadducees, you know, and and he gets on the scribes, because the scribes are the ones who were copying scripture, so they read scripture. So in, the, in that day, you didn't have scripture, but if you could get hold of a scribe, you could say, "Does it say in the book of Ezekiel, yada yada yada?" Yad. And he said, "Well, I'm not copying Ezekiel. I'm doing a Daniel. Go talk to Shomo. Shomo's got you know that kind of thing." So, uh, but yeah, uh, they knew and. Again, Nicodemus. N- Nicodemus was part of the Sanhedrin. He was uh, part of that. He was, he was a Pharisee, so not all of them, but Nicodemus. He came with questions.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He says, "Why must man be born again?" And it's Nicodemus who's there with Jesus uh, at, at his death. You know, so he, obviously he was converted. So they all didn't not get it, but mm-hmm. uh, you know, some of them did. But there was a lot of disinformation. Yeah. And again, that's the problem today in Christianity. There's a lot of disinformation, mm. and, and so you, you have to be careful, and so uh, um, to decipher these these kind of things. So, um,
1: any thoughts, Christian? Does this make a sense? Yeah. So that makes that gate nine foot wide. If it's eighteen, mm. and they call it for uh, six cubics. Well, that may make the wall, the gate uh, trying to get some dimensions and footage, mm-hmm. so that would make it nine feet wide. Well, yeah. Yeah. So they have
2: that in the farming, the rod is in
1: the, in the, in the well, farmland. I, I don't know what a rod uh, they're talking mm-hmm. about the thickness of it is one mm-hmm. the
2: wall is one rod it, uh, Well, I'm, then th- I, I'm th- thinking, thinking i was <laughs> well, just thinking when the apostles knew the the, the scriptures they didn't have the Holy Spirit to tell them this is fact. They went on their right. own, like Peter, you know. You well, they had Jesus
0: tell them it was fact. Yeah. it was up to them. Well, to they believe they him.
2: saw him as this. He is the answer. There was no hypocrisy in it, you know. Like the Sanhedrin, they 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 knew the word, but yet they weren't accepting it. But the apostles, they heard the word before when they were young, or you know, and yet they you know they believed he was he was the fulfillment of the. So, what is it, Matthew 2? Uh,
0: Pastor Steve, yes.
3: didn't the Catholic Church um, sometime back uh, prevent their members from reading the Bible on their
0: own? Yes, that's why they kept it in Latin. Because Latin wasn't the language yes. of the people. Yes. It was the language of the scholars. Mm-hmm. So for years, up until the <coughs> 60s, the, the Mass was in Latin, and the whole point was, you had to come to them for interpretation. Yes.
3: This is it the same kind of situation as with the, what you were talking about a few minutes mm-hmm. ago. Um, the Sanhedrin didn't really teach. Uh, what the they
0: were teaching, teaching. They were teaching the synagogue, but again, women weren't allowed. Yeah, and it was men. And if you know, you know, in any synagogue, like any group, you're going to have the chiefs who are running the show and those that are attending (laughs) the show, right? Mm -hmm. And so whoever's running that particular synagogue, but notice when when Jesus went around in the later Paul's ministry, he made a point to go to the synagogue, go to the synagogue, Mm -hmm. because that's where people were seeking God, so he says, let me go preach to them because they're seeking. Mm -hmm. That's where the seekers are at. Mm -hmm. So let me go to them. But but just for a a point of reference, Matthew 24 if you read from verse 4 down to the uh, verse 26 or actually down to 31 it's Jesus talking about end time events so you know who was talking about it, did, did they know where they were talking about it, yeah Jesus incorporates it, he brings it in he brings end time events into his teaching so uh, so yeah, So, and by the way I gave you one more scripture there, Revelation Twenty-one nine to twenty-seven. Mm-hmm. I didn't read it, but if you want to read it, it's basically about the the end, the last temple, which is the temple that comes down from heaven at the end mm-hmm. of the age. That's yeah, that's that's the that's the, that's the temple, the the glory of God and, and, and all that. It doesn't it uh, it's it's a whole different deal. So um, that's when we, you get a new heaven, new earth, and all that mm-hmm. other stuff. Well, the earth is done away with. You get a new heaven. So. Uh, let's see here. Any any other questions on that? we good? Uh, so July 7th, we'll reconvene and we'll be in Daniel. And Daniel's real good because Daniel's, he's, it's, it's story, actual stuff that Daniel's actually doing. And then there's things that God is doing. Uh, through Daniel, miracles, actual miracles, and then there's visions of end time events. So it's kind of like three different things. But I think having done Ezekiel, now Daniel will be easier to understand because we're dealing with visions and we kind of get the idea of visions and stuff like that. So, yeah.
3: Talking about visions, do you think God uses people in our time? Um, That have visions, or to have visions, um, maybe not for um, a global kind of a thing,
0: but maybe um, a local or from family, you know, situation. Well, sure. I think, I think every local church should be visionary Mm -hmm. for their area Mm -hmm. and for what God has. Mm -hmm. So, if you listen to the pastor on Sundays, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes he kind of talks about this right now God's getting us ready for something something's coming something's going on and so we're, we're being prepared for something you know and so you can, you can easily see that and so yeah and so uh, yes you have to have the gospel is the same but the vision that you have in this community would be different than the vision that you would get to teach it and preach it in downtown LA and Skid Row, or that you would get down in maybe the South, where where life is different, you know. Or if you're going to take this to, to the Hollywood crowd, you know, you the, the the way you you give it to them is 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 a little bit different. The message doesn't change; the way you present it changes based on your audience. So that's like any good speaker. This has to know his audience, his or her audience, because if you know your audience, then you're able to 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 uh, uh, get them to lean forward, because you say things in a way that they that they understand. That's why I'm always referencing country music and Bob goes. <laughs> so I, I know how to get Bob country music I got him you know so but it's it's, it's it's stuff like that but every church is visionary but it's visionary coming off the this Pastors should be visionary You know we should have a vision for what are we doing why are we doing it's like Bible study why are we doing Bible study
1: yeah.
0: you know uh, just give you a little, a little a little a little taste of Sunday. Sunday I'm going to preach in regalia. you
3: know
0: what regalia is? Cap and gown.
3: Okay.
0: Oh. And, there's, and there's a reason. Professor? There's a reason. Okay. One, I get a tax write-up. No. No, there's a reason. It goes with the map. I'm not doing it just just to do it. But there's a reason. In regalia, all that stuff actually came from the church. It came from stuff that was known as scholasticism. Mm-hmm. Around between the year 1, 1,200... When the universities were started, and that's the way they would dress. And so all that stuff goes way back to that time, but it was the church that did that. And so I think the title of the message, I'm still working on it, is Have You Graduated Yet? And the point is, God calls us to make disciples. Have you graduated yet? So I think that's where I'm going with that. Don't tell anybody.
1: Several years ago, Pastor Rose uh, he preached one Sunday. He, he was also an official referee, baseball referee. With with his uh, the whole deal, his, his mask, and, you know, and and he tied it all in with the, with the service. It was just great. He would read from the Bible what each one. Was visuals
0: are, are, are very okay. good and I'm trying to do more and more visuals as we get everything set with the, uh, uh, the sound system and all that stuff back there because there's a lot of clips I like to show and a lot of different things and do things like that and then once we get the lights away I can walk down again and then we can do more demonstrations because I like to and do demonstrations more of
2: that, more visual yeah. because everything yeah. is we're talking about that today. Everything's changing, Yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and it's according like you say, what area we're at, you know, right. where, where, where we live. The word hasn't. The Southern Baptist sometimes has yeah. a little, but we're, you know, saying we're the closest. We haven't mm-hmm. changed that much. The word is still the same. The word still do same. have to perform with where we're at, but yeah, mm-hmm. a little visual way. Would,
0: uh, yeah, a lot of people. I'm I mean, probably most people are are visual learners. It's like it's like some people you can you can tell somebody this is what I want you to do, and they don't want you to give them any steps. They say, okay, I got it. I'll figure it out. Other people will say, okay, give me the steps. One's not smarter than the other. It's just one likes steps. Others want to figure out the steps. But they'll both get the job done. You just have to know which is which when you're delegating. Because if you're delegating wrong, then it doesn't work out. So, any other thoughts, questions yeah. on that? I'm going to go ahead and stop this tape here and let's.